0: You're listening to Pod Gnosis, the pulse of the healthcare industry. I'm your host, Ayla Ellison. It's Wednesday, February 14th, and I want to extend a happy Valentine's Day to all of you. For some, Valentine's Day is about love, while others see it as a day to indulge in giant boxes of chocolates that come in heart-shaped boxes. Some may cringe at the very idea of the holiday. Here at Fierce, we are celebrating by diving into the stories of organizations that harness big ideas, willpower, compassion, and in some cases, AI, to drive change in the healthcare industry. Fierce Healthcare released its annual Fierce 15 special report on Monday. Each year, our editorial team sifts through hundreds of nominations to select 15 companies that are trying to change the world by reshaping the healthcare industry. The 2024 class of Fierce 15 Honorees takes on some of the industry's most significant challenges, including provider burnout, the maternal health crisis, lack of access to specialty care, and health inequities. You can find the special report at fiercehealthcare.com and in the show notes for today's episode. Today, You'll hear insights from Fierce Healthcare's Paige Minemeyer, Dave Moyo, and Noah Tong, who sat down to discuss this year's Fierce 15. They share key takeaways from interviews with Fierce 15 winners and elaborate on what makes a healthcare company Fierce. Here they are.
1: Glad to be here to talk about our freshly released Fierce 15. For those of you who may not know, every year we recognize 15 companies in the industry who are really driving change and are looking to innovate what's a pretty stagnant (laughs) segment of the economy. Some running themes this year that we identified were the focus on AI. Certainly that's been a hot topic in healthcare more broadly, as well as a sort of vision for where there's a clear gap in the industry. Heather Landy, who spearheaded this project this year, noted that there were companies providing personalized GI care, addressing mental health, and tackling loneliness for seniors. And they all identified that gap. And developed something that can address that. So it's cool to see a list like that. So I guess to kick things off, Dave, maybe I'll hand it to you first. Could you talk a little bit about the company that you profiled and maybe what you learned about them in the process of compiling the profile?
2: I spoke to Story Health, who I knew a little bit because I cover the hospital's health systems and I remember they launched a pretty big partnership with Intermountain Health about a little over a year ago. They went public talking about that. They launched in late 2020. Got about 27 million funding to date and employ about 50 people. And in terms of what they do, is it's funny, they're founded by some ex-verily folks who looked at a lot of the trends that were going on in digital health, this sort of extending care outside of the clinic, trying to better enable the connection to care, make sure the patients are communicated with and stay adherent to their treatment plans, tweaking the treatment plans when necessary through easier connection to them. They said, well, we see this happening a lot in primary care. We see it happening a lot for chronic care. We're not seeing it as much as it probably should be for specialty care patients. So they went out and did that.
1: And then Noah, same question to you. Which company did you profile this year? And maybe what are some of your takeaways about their business model?
3: Uh, I interviewed Doris Guller. He's the co-founder and CEO of Intuition Robotics. And their product is called LEQ. It's essentially a robot companion designed for the elderly population. And if you're trying to like picture the product, it looks like a lamp with the lampshade upside down. And then beside it, there's a tablet where more information is displayed. So I, love that. I guess <laughs> when thinking about this product, it's important to keep in mind a recent Surgeon General advisory report from last year. And in that report, it talked about the effects of loneliness and what isolation can do to people. And being lonely, they said, is considered the equivalent of having 15 cigarettes a day. So... I think especially for a grandparent, if a grandparent dies and then there's one grandparent left, that can be really devastating emotionally and that can lead to mental and and physical retreat inwards, he was talking about. So they don't feel like leaving the house or leaving bed. And this company thought that technology could help solve this problem. And so they consulted with psychologists and gerontologists and all sorts of people to fine tune the product for years. So it'll talk to you and... Prompt conversation and it will also remember important health aspects of your life. So it'll prompt you to take a daily health assessment or take medication, check blood pressure, give nutrition advice, things like that. And although seniors can do that already with their phone or various ways, like it's an all in one easy device for you to use. And he said, like the real challenge is. Getting a patient to take their blood pressure, not just on day 12, but day 1012, that's the real challenge. So it was a really interesting look at uh, how they approach that population of people.
2: i was been familiar with LEQ for a while. There's something about the just the design of the product, the, the part that you described as the upside down lampshade. There's something where it has like a neck joint that leans forward and almost like emotes as it talks. And just what you were saying about that, making that connection. There's something to be said for how they design that to move around and emote itself when it's talking to the uh, elderly person who it's helping out. I just love the design of it,
3: and they were even talking <laughs> about how, like, even though it's not, it's not a person; it doesn't pretend to be a person. But seniors are really able to carve out its own relationship space with LeQ, and even though it's like how you might love your dog or cat, but you don't put it on the same level as a parent or a sibling, this is its own distinct like relationship that's meaningful to a person.
2: You might not know my relationship with my dog
1: or cat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was about to be like, I don't know about that. But that's a good example. And what I think is cool, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about found who the company that I profiled in a second. But I think the three of us sitting down, we all ended up with different companies that really touch on really hot, areas of the industry right now so i think that's just a cool takeaway but found is a tech enabled weight loss management platform so obviously there's a lot of conversation right now in healthcare about weight loss management and especially the use of GLP1 drugs to to address weight and obesity so found was launched Ahead of the curve, but they're ready to tackle this really hot topic right now. They provide patients with access to their uh, assistant tool, which uses generative AI and then creates educational materials and guidance that they can use to manage their weight more effectively. It will generate exercise suggestions, nutrition plans, and things like that based on their data. And they've built on that last year with the launch of Metabolic Print, which is the enhanced piece of this, where it's going to take a patient's genetics, their health history, and their personal habits and build a an obesity health profile for them that the tool can then use to build really personalized and direct recommendations for them. And it also uses that data to then hopefully drill down to more specific causes for their, their weight challenges. When I talked to the CEO, Sarah Jones-Simmer, she mentioned that one of the things they thought about in kind of building out and and launching Found was just finding a solution for people in the middle for whom a bariatric surgery procedure or something like that isn't maybe necessary based on their weight and their needs. But they also aren't going to be able to manage their weight just by going to the gym and, and eating a little healthier. So their goal is to meet that middle population where you know, obesity is a chronic condition and a chronic need, but they're not maybe in need of surgery or, or procedures that way. So, yeah, so it's cool to hear how they're using AI and deploying that in the obesity space.
2: It's he- nice to hear someone doing something different in the obesity space, which I feel like at least in the past year has just been dominated totally, by totally the OB-1s.
1: And even before kind of the GLP-1 craze, I guess, took off, like they they viewed medication as a key part of the management uh, program like of, of care management for people with diabetes, but it doesn't work for everyone and it's not always the ideal solution. So I think they've been able to tackle that challenge head on given that they were already proponents of the benefits of these drugs for people who can who will benefit from them before it was a trendy thing to try and get your hands on. Before we shift to talking a little bit more about some of the takeaways from the CEOs that we talked to, I want to shout out that the past couple of weeks on Podnosis we have had Noah and some of our other writers sit down with winners from 2019, who was the inaugural group of these. And we got a chance to look back at a where are they now thing with those companies. What was that like, Noah, what did you learn from that?
3: I chatted with the CEOs of Civica Rx and Digital Diagnostics. So, Civica Rx, they work with around 1,500 member hospitals, supplying them with generic drugs. And I was struck by how in 2019, they were talking about the rising cost of drugs. And that's still very much a topic on the minds of people today. One Civica executive actually just recently testified to Congress about drug shortages. So, I thought that was a really still timely to talk to them. And then speaking to digital diagnostics, they were the first company to receive an FDA clearance for an AI system that does not require a physician to interpret results. And I thought that was really interesting. I used to live in that part of Iowa where they are located. And there's a lot of scientific development happening there that people probably don't realize. And it's cool to see how they've grown to be pretty global since then. And I just thought it was interesting to get his like take on where AI is headed and their plans for the future. So definitely worth a listen.
1: Definitely, yeah. When you're done, li- listen to the end, hear us out first, and then jump back to the older episodes, and then catch up with some previous winners for sure. So, Dave, when you were connecting with Story Health, did the CEO say anything that particularly struck you? Were there any kind of takeaways from that conversation that you think maybe other healthcare leaders should be thinking about?
2: Part of Story Health's um, service when they partner with their enterprise partners, usually health systems. I know they've do some partnerships with payers too, but. There's a big focus on, yeah, we have the, the tech layer. We're enabling more of these encounters, and we're trying to keep the people connected to care. But they're very focused on sometimes it's really just the basic stuff. now I was talking to the CEO, Tom Standis, he told a story about one of the patients who they were working with who was missing appointments, and their team went in and figured out what was going on, and it was that she was a caretaker for an elderly mother and a sister, both of which needed above average level of caretaking. And also she was working full time, supporting everybody and just couldn't go to the, couldn't go get her labs done or very simple things along those lines. And just finding a way to address that did so much and turned her into almost a model patient in terms of adjusting her uh, regimen and keeping her adherent to what her treatment was and just really focused on sometimes it's not just the flashy. Let's obviously, there's uh, times to use it, but let's not throw AI or technology at stuff so much if it's not in service of addressing what are very simple, very sometimes unsexy issues that are keeping the patients from getting the outcomes that they need.
1: And then, in a similar vein for Intuition Robotics, Noah, what did the CEO kind of have to say that you think should make? healthcare leaders sit up and listen.
2: Home health,
3: a, home health aides, I think he thinks are going to be a, a big driver in the future and how AI is used. And I think the other thing I'd mentioned too, for them is as someone who covers payers, he was seeing big potential for health plans to really like this product. And there's a big emphasis in the Medicare Advantage Star Ratings program that medication adherence is a factor in those ratings. And for these users, which on average, people who use LEQ have four more comorbidities and they interact with LEQ like 30 times a day. So, if they can use it every day and take a daily health assessment, that can really help prevent it with preventative care. And their goals going forward is to show MA organizations that LEQ saves them money and improves quality of care. So, if they can do that, could be really huge going forward. And I think he just sees loneliness and prevention in general as a really big issue going forward.
1: Following up on that, and and Dave totally would love to have you jump in as well here in a second, but we've talked about AI a bunch of times now. This year, for the first time in the report, we asked all of these CEOs how they see AI potentially impacting healthcare in in the future, in the coming year. What did the team at Intuition Robotics have to say about that?
3: He thinks AI is going to be obviously a big driver going forward and he thinks MA plans will seek out solutions holistically uh, when you think about a person's social determinants of health, as well as products that kind of de- detect risk signals for certain conditions in real time. And I, I thought it was interesting to hear his plans for LEQ moving forward. So he talked to me a little bit about how their goal is to have this product be supported for Spanish speakers, so that taps into a whole new market. And the idea is that it wouldn't just translate, but you could communicate just as effectively with it. In Spanish, as you could in English, and it sounds like that's a big, I guess, goal they have going forward, and that is done through generative AI.
1: And then, Dave, what about the the team at Story Health?
2: Like I said, former Google, Verily people who uh, definitely have hands-on experience with AI. Right. And Tom's <laughs> takeaway was it's going to be focused for at least the next year or so. It's going to be focused on the back end of healthcare, so ensuring the revenues go through coding, prior authorization a lot of that type of stuff. He felt very strongly that it's not ready for frontline patient care on a large part. There's safety, privacy issues that are working out, and there's just more low-hanging fruit. There's easier things to tackle that ha- don't come with so many of these safety and privacy issues per se that healthcare hasn't totally knocked out of the park yet. He's of a mind that's going to be the focus in the next year.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's similar for found as well. Obviously, I mentioned before that they have launched their kind of AI-enabled assistant. They're really looking at this closely. But Sarah mentioned to me in the interview as well that they, they're they looking at, and this is certainly not a thing exclusive to found, ways that they can enable their clinical teams a little more easily with with AI to ease some of those administrative burdens. I know this is basically the, the golden goose for AI in healthcare right now where people are looking at it. So I think it's interesting that they're talking about that even at some of these smaller, more startup companies, all the way up to giant health systems. So definitely something to watch in the next couple of months. Before we wrap up, I just want to ask both of you uh, a question we ask our uh, nominees for this and for other reports as well. From your perspective, what do you think makes a company fierce? What do you think is key to having them stand out uh, from the pack and, and make this list?
2: I could probably list a few things in terms of <laughs> I don't know, tenacity, whatever. But the one that jumps out to me, or I guess the kind of hand in hand the two that jump out to me, are finding a need and addressing a need, being purposeful and, hey, here's an issue, here's something that needs solved. And then two, being able to show that you actually did it. Like, I love when I get to talk to companies that actually have outcomes, results, to point to and say, hey, we've we've been doing this. And in Story's case, it, it was part of their... Application to us that they have a high-profile partnership with Christiana care They said we drove two to three X improvement in getting black heart failure patients on optimal medication management and over in Intermountain We are able to six X optimal medication therapy adherence while also reducing hospital read admissions like those are very tangible outcomes and that have a results on patients health and also for the enterprises they're working with financial uh implications as well and i just think it's so again being having a background in the digital health sphere a lot of times things can start to feel like hype and marketing et cetera, et cetera. being able to see that those types of results being put forward as a key part of their message and their sales pitch is very important to me
1: how about you noah
3: for me, like it was cool to see how they stuck to their mission at this company, Intuition Robotics. And, and so to me, I think that's a, a big part of it. would have been really easy to write off this idea that they had as a voice activated robot companion for the elderly. A lot of older people don't want to use technology or they, they don't know how, or maybe the tech isn't there yet. I, I think some critics might have said that you can't fix loneliness with a robot. And so I think to me, it's cool to see them be successful now, but by staying true to the mission that they set out, they had a vision and they they stuck to it. And then I also think, at least in the case of intuition robotics, I, I think their approach is really hopeful in, in trying to see the best in technology and how it can help people. So I think at least in this case, like being fierce means thinking outside the box while also solving a, a really real need in society for people that are seeking it.
1: I just want to I guess double click on on outcomes and and kind of results from my perspective. If we look at Found, I think they they have currently about 220,000 members in its model and they lose an average of 10% of their body weight over the course of 12 months and for those who who lost at least 15% of their body weight 91% of them were taking non-GLP1 medications. So I think it's good to see that these that they these companies have results when we look at what's fierce, but also that we're seeing them try all these different avenues and different options for patients that are working. So yeah, it's awesome to see. Well, great to catch up with both of you on this episode. Definitely just want to re-up again, tune into to Noah, Anastasia and Heather's interviews with some of our previous winners. So great. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to Pod Gnosis. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at fiercehealthcare.com. Look for podcasts. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning to Pod Gnosis, where healthcare is our beat.